0: and welcome back to the Lack of Depth football podcast and what is now named the 50K to 50K series. And you can ignore that part if I've ultimately decided that that's a cringe title and we're still just called the Lack of Depth podcast. Well, we still would be the Lack of Depth podcast. It's just that this would be a new series where in the first... Four months, four weeks of the season by not owning Holland, I've managed to tank my rank down to nearly 50k. We've just gone above it now. Kane's got the assist point, and this will be a series in which I still win the game, even though I'm at 50k after four weeks. It's a long season, as I always say. Play the season, don't play the game week. Um a lot has happened since we last spoken. So I recorded three podcasts that were meant to go out this week, and they they pretty much all became immediately redundant because, firstly, I forgot to mention Fafana, and the fact that I I will be bringing him in. We'll all be bringing him in. In my head, he was going to be someone that I talked about in the wild card video that I made, um, coming out uh, that was meant to come out today. But because of various things, including the performance of Haaland and the way that Sal has been playing and the way Arsenal are playing and so on and so on and so forth, this game week, especially with the amount of fixtures in it, there was just so much that happened that basically by the time we got through all of the games that happened, uh, even though Leicester and Manu haven't even played yet, that they kind of... Sky Fantasy football's fear had become so different that my uh, overhaul draft would just change so much that there was no no longer a lot of value in me talking about my decisions behind it. I also think it it became quite important for me to talk about the decisions that I'd made this this week because they were just quite that terrible. So, um yeah, um just before i get into the decisions and 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 stuff that that i've made um we'll we'll do the usual thing where we start by talking through my team as it is at the moment but i'd just like to start by saying please like and subscribe i put a lot of effort into the podcast even though i forget to talk about like virtually the most important stuff every week uh so yeah like and subscribe and please comment we have a commenter i say we i i have a commenter a guy who comments every week not fan. Who, who who without fail gives me really really helpful insight or thing or just points out things that are important to remember for everyone that I may have missed out in the video. So thank you to him. I think his name's N G G G G G G something. And uh, yeah, thank you for your comment. I I will never ignore your advice again. And um, if if any of if any of you are now watching the video on YouTube, feel free to check the comments section because there'll be inevitably much help, more helpful advice there than you can find in the entire contents of this series. Uh, is there anything else to say? Yeah, I wanted to briefly talk about format because I, d- I do think there's not enough... I do think there's not enough bite-sized Sky content or, like, sh- yeah, just, just like, more short-form Sky content. I think, like, there's a few of us that do Sky podcast. The Golden Goal guy's are really good. Um, uh, three for One's really good uh planet fpl was the first podcast i watched about sky fantasy football so like all of that content is really good um but i, th- I thought i could be different and kind of find my own lane and making more bite-sized stuff and i thought that would be helpful particularly on like across platforms so like more short form spotify content would be kind of unique in its way but the problem is is that the game state changes so quickly like If I only have, like, I only have one day to record, and that's Sunday usually. If I upload kind of 15 minutes of content I've recorded on Sunday, on Thursday, there could be really important things that I'm not able to kind of contemporarily discuss. And so I do think it's better if I just make one long post a week and put it up the next day, just to give like as much of a depth of view as possible. I also think what's kind of unique about this podcast or the value to this podcast is that it's I think I don't think I'm being too harsh on myself when I say that the other ones are arguably more of an expert opinion and this is kind of more of I don't want to say not an expert it's not an expert opinion (laughs) on 50k overall but I guess it's more like a it's more about personality and my specific approach to it and talking through the decisions that I've made kind of week to week and so sorry if you can hear that car alarm going off it'll stop in a minute I, I hope um but yeah I, I feel like a, a podcast that I make on Sunday about the decisions that I've made in the game week that is then kind of entirely irrelevant by Thursday isn't much of an essential watch so you can tell me if you if you agree that one long podcast is the best way to do it or if you think that kind of recording more short form Uh, bite-sized bits and doing like a wild card draft every week uh stocks rising stocks falling every week and uh kind of game week review every week in three separate chunks would be kind of something that you'd be more interested in so yeah let me know and then i can obviously i can see if i can work it into my schedule to edit three different podcasts but yeah i think for what i think is most important because of the nature of what I find most interesting, which is just how other people go about making these kind of tactical decisions and the kind of things that they think are most important when they're kind of gambling on individual performances, and so I think it's it's really important that that analysis is as contemporary and as relevant as possible. I would like all my content to be live, but I don't think I'm technically savvy enough yet to kind of get that, and I don't. I also don't know if I'm comfortable enough filming myself to speak freely in a live platform, knowing that I won't be able to edit kind of the large gaps or the ADHD in my brain just takes an uncontrollable grasp of the conversation and it becomes completely derivative and ununderstandable. Like, like that part there. So yeah, that's the first thing I wanted to mention was just format uh, and say like and subscribe because i have forgotten most podcasts. Uh, also comment if 50K to 50K is a good idea as a name. Because part of me thinks I'm onto something there, and another part of me thinks I should have brought in Alan. <laughs> um, but yeah, in today's podcast, I'm going to talk, give my game week four reaction uh, to to my team's performance and kind of the the general main headlines of the week, which may or may not involve Erling. And then I'm going to talk a bit about transfer strategy and how I plan on making it to number one from. I think I'm just under 40k overall. And then uh, I'm going to talk about the the, the big stories of the, the game week. So not just Halling's performance, but Hallin's performance, but also a lot of people are talking about going with it. Salah. Um, should we bring in Madison? If any other people have brought in Madison or Fernandez, how long should we look at keeping those people? And I'll be giving uh, an input from my point of view. Of, of, of how I'm thinking at the moment and kind of the, the transfers I've used and the transfers I plan on using going forward. And so, if you just give me a second, we'll get all set up with the. Oh, I always forget which screen, but which side it is, but I'll be on one side and the, the, um, the team lineup will be on the other and we can talk through Sod's performance. <laughs> okay, so, there's the team uh, looking very familiar almost as if I haven't made any transfers since we last spoke about it. But I will do a quick kind of summary of the results and performances of all the players, rather than just focusing on the fact that uh, I said I'd bring in Haaland on two separate occasions. I said I'd bring in Haaland and Fafana for Son and Kukurea. And then... At the last, I believe, four or five minutes before kick-off, I walked outside the pub to do it. And I, I couldn't bring myself to bring Fafana in in case he didn't start for a few weeks. Do I think he won't start for a few weeks? No. Could I just have brought in Dalot and Haaland and then captain in today so I still would have got some points from it? Yes, but then I was thinking, like but I don't want to miss out on the Madison points and and what if I wanted to bring in Madison and what if he was the obvious captain and so on and so forth, or Fernandez. I think I didn't have... I had a plan in my head if Haaland was starting and Son wasn't, and that's what I thought was going to happen. And so I was very clear in my head with my strategy, should that be the case. And then when they both started... I was very 50-50. I hadn't already made that decision up in my head. Not saying we have to make every decision ahead of time, but I think it for future reference, if you are waiting for the lineups to come out to, to to make your decision, especially when that only gives you 40 minutes to make your decision pre-game week and you're going to the pub, so you have to make it on the fly, I would say that what what I've learned from this experience is that it's important to have every avenue covered and that if i'm waiting on the lineups i should have a decision for every possible outcome of the two players that i'm waiting to hear on like if neither of them were playing what was i doing like i should have known all of these all of these points rather than just kind of gambling on how and playing and so on, not so that i could make the transfer then and feel the best possible way about it because at the end it is a game of gambling on results like you are making a bet and so I think just gambling on not having to do anything, considering it's a game where we're all going to have to make fifty transfers before the season's out, seems a bit short-sighted for me. Especially as someone with a Sky Fantasy Football podcast, I I do remain slightly disappointed. <laughs> but we we learn and we grow, and that's that's important. I'm trying to think of what else. And I had a, a few gin and tonics, in that that was that got me through watching watching the Haaland first half hat trick come in before Son had even warmed up But yeah back to the lineup now we've had a bit of I don't know talk of mental stability so this is my lineup Ramsdale double game week four points against two objectively terrible teams am I not te- not objectively terrible teams there's two objectively terrible results for Arsenal Arsenal were top of the league no it's not two objectively terrible results for Arsenal, it's two objectively terrible results for Ramsdale. That's what I mean. They won both the games, fair enough. The Fulham game, I've already commented on that, was a bit like the ball the ball bobbled around for every single goal. So, like, it could have been 1-0. It could have been 1-1. And, and Arsenal would have felt hard done by. It was 2-1. And Fulham felt hard done by. And, like, fair enough. Not that Arsenal aren't the better team, but, like, you can see where the points are coming from from every perspective so I I, I wasn't that concerned with him not keeping a clean sheet there I thought that was unlucky and if you consider them not keeping a clean sheet in that fixture unlucky them not keeping a clean sheet against Villa is the worst luck I've ever seen in my life you should have looked saw the look in my face when Bubakar Kamara who I have only said good things about for weeks for weeks I've been saying even before the season I was talking about how you know, he's a high pass quantity player and how Gerard plays a system where the DM passes the ball around a lot and you'll be wanting to bring that system over from the one he played at Rangers and I just see it happening and so on and so forth. So, you know, I really have been in his corner and then to watch him clearly fill the big honkers goalkeeper in a moment like that, it was soul destroying. As someone who's double Arsenal defence, that was so destroying. For me, I felt it was quite an obvious fill. I've seen them given hundreds of times. I don't know about hundreds, I've seen them given four or five times. Also, keepers are generally wrapped in bubble bubble wrap by officials in situations like those. It's quite rare for like the officials to go against the keeper in that way, in that thing, especially with the hands wrapped around them, and we have V A R. So yeah, I would say that was quite surprising. But Again, I'm happy to keep Ramsdale for the next couple of fixtures because he's coming out for Henderson anyway. Uh, Dyer. He got five points against West Ham passes tier two. I actually think West Ham were slightly hard done by in this game. I think Tottenham still look like they've they've stalled at the start line. They don't they aren't really flying out the gates that I'd hoped they would when I went with both Kane and Son and Dyer and Romero in my, my starting uh team at the beginning of the season uh, oh it's interesting Dyer didn't get a, a a passes tier against Nottingham Forest but they were pretty under the caution that game like I said in last week's podcast they did really drop off them and allow them to have I wouldn't say like comfortable possession but it was a, a lot of a lot of the possession one sec let me go look that up just to make sure that I've not completely pulled that out of the because I did watch this game Da-da-da-da. Yeah, so Forrest had 55% of possession. I don't think you can expect Forrest to have that most of the games. So that makes sense as to why he hasn't got past his tears in that game. Do I want to keep Dyer long-term? Probably not. I don't think the defence looks that amazing. And if Fafana's coming in, then he's obviously an improvement in that. And I would say Romero probably is as well, just for the price. And so I can see myself getting rid of Dyer at some point. I just think I have much more pressing issues at the moment. Let me just check the fixtures, as I, as, I, as I love to do. Yeah, so the next fixture is Fulham, and then it's City, then it's Leicester, then it's Arsenal, then it's Brighton, then it's Everton. So it's not an incredibly comfortable run of fixtures, but for a team with the aspirations of Spurs, you'd hope that they'd keep a clean sheet in three or four of them. So, yeah, I, I, I'll I watch out for that. Cancelo, who I said I was getting rid of for Walker, do I have any analysis to, to say here? I just think if I think it's an option, I think if we really have to like make that defense as points efficient as possible in the best possible value, I don't think Cancelo's in it because he's the most expensive one, and he's like getting taken off early and stuff. And so even though he plays every game, like Van Dyke plays every game and isn't taken off early, and so. I think like the 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 most valuable, the most like value orientated defense would be like maybe Henderson and goal. If you had to go for a cheap goalie, because he'll get cheap saves tears all the time. He's a good shot stopper, or like because all the goalies are about the same price, and you might want to go for a better one or something like that. Maybe I say I I would go Ederson. That would be like my my goalie if, if I had to pick one who wasn't Henderson. But let's say I went for Edison and goal, and then Walker at the back, then Romero at the back, then Saliba at the back, and then Fafana at the back. So you could go for that, or you could go for Henderson and goal, uh, Van Dijk as your kind of premium defender, because he play, he'll play every game. Uh, until... Uh, I think he missed like one Premier League game last season, something like that. I just think they'd be so lost without him. He's he's more essential than Cancelo, and so maybe he'll start more matches. And if you consider the fact that Van Dyke's a ninety-minute man, if he starts the game, he finishes the game. I think in that alone, he's better value than Cancelo. And so, if I had if I had Van Dyke and I didn't have Cancelo, I'd be looking at going for Walker. And right now, I'm looking at a defense of Van Dijk, Walker, Saliba, Fafana. Because the, what's that, a whole defensive passing tiers? And two of them cost 7.5 million or less. But you can't really turn your nose up at that. But yeah, I've got Cancelo and I'll probably keep him for now at least. Uh, got Saliba. I talk about Saliba every week. He'll be staying. And then to move to Kukurea captaining him and him getting one point meaning that the whole point of bringing him in he only got one point I know this is like a hindsight is twenty twenty thing but it was annoying (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't the best thing that's happened to me this game week it wasn't even the worst though to be fair it was far from the worst but yeah so Kukurea Starting 11 goals conceded, those were his points. The only reason that makes it more kind of, not enraging, but more disappointing is the fact that I'm probably going to have to take him out again. Is the only thing that's really affecting my morale is the fact that Cucurella's here for a good time, not a long time. And it wasn't that good a time. <laughs> those are my, my Cucurella points. And then heung Son, who, if you follow us on Twitter, and I encourage you to do, if you want to have direct input into my misery, I put out a
1: poll that said oh, I put out a poll that said is there any possibility
0: I'll, I'll, I'll read you out the results one sec let me get in the Twitter app. the poll said is there any possibility that Son outscores Haaland this game week and the, the options I gave were yes
1: no Obviously, no, and bro, just do the transfer. And
0: three of the 71 votes we received, three of them received the same amount of votes, three answers received the same amount of votes, and then one answer received a lot almost 50%. And those results were as follows. So, three different Uh, results got about 20% and those were yes which you're quietly hopeful about that means about 14 people or so thought you know there is a chance that Son does something I'm not sure if those people have been watching the games this season because Son looks like a dead man walking, he looks exhausted uninspired, disconnected from the rest of the team, midfield's not connecting to the up front enough, looks like a classic Tottenham issue all really needs to improve. Basuma needs some runs in the team. Richarlison needs some runs in the team. Kane actually looks all right, to be honest. Um, Son needs to be benched. Is there any other input I have? No, not really, Uh, but uh, get Basuma and Jed Spence, I think, needs a run in the team as well, because I think the Jed Spence-Kulosevsky overlap could be like an amazing attacking weapon for them, and I get it that Emerson, right, is more a more experienced defender at this level, but I think Jed Spence just he was on for like five minutes and he looked so inspired compared to the rest of their uh 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 players against that in the last five minutes against Nottingham Forest. And so if the Nottingham Forest fan is here, NGGGGG, feel free to to give me your thoughts on what you thought Jed Spence looked like, because surely you'll be watching that game as well. But I thought he looked alright. And as as a someone who saw Jed Spence play a lot last season, would you concur that he's better than Emerson Raya? So yeah, I look forward to the comments to to seeing that feedback. But yeah, so the three results that got about twenty percent were yes, obviously no, and bro just do the transfer, which meant that forty percent of the answers of the answerers <laughs> voted that um no there isn't a possibility that Son outscores Haaland today. But also, if you group those results together, as in the the bottom three, all mean no, um, it's, uh, what's 40 plus 20 plus 20? 80% of the replies were people saying that I'd made, I would make the wrong decision if I decided to stick with Son. And so I, if you look at this lineup, which is how we're still lining up,
1: even to this second, kept Son with the logic that i kept on with with the logic that oh maybe i i
0: remember distinctly holding a gin in a in a goblet like this and saying out loud,
1: he can't possibly score a hat trick this week as well. And then I took a sip and put it and put it down. And so I I, I
0: think I'm saying that the reason I've kept on is because I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's so. It's not unusual for me to make a pick this bad based on not trusting the XG. But it is unusual for me to watch someone play and think they're completely out of form. They don't look good at all at the minute. And not pick the guy who on XG and by the eye test is like the most must own player in the game at the minute. And so I've convinced myself that there was some kind of self-sabotaging happening there mentally, which I'll need to unpack with a therapist at some point. But yeah, we've still got Son. And then we've still got Bubakar Kamara, who got five points in a double game week, one more than the mighty Son himself. He's playing Man City next, so we're hoping for tackle's tears there. And I'll I'll touch on it later, but there is a, a... there is an outcome where I get rid of bukai Camara for a few
1: reasons. He's a okay enabler. But an enabler, like there are other enablers
0: who are certainly better. is one of them because, you know, he's likely to, more likely to score a goal from a set piece or uh, get tier twos. Those things are both good. I don't know if he's more, he probably is more reliable. Um, another thing that makes Kamara bad that I mention every week is the fact that Gerrard will almost definitely lose his job. And then I think whoever whoever takes up the position, there's no way that they're going to play a similar system. And so I'd be very surprised if Kamara kept getting tackles, uh, passes tiers. Uh, obviously, tackles are a little bit more random in that way, especially if you're playing CDM, you could still get them. But yeah, when when you're mostly relying on passes and they, they could completely change their system, that's what he, they also probably should change their system away from something like this because of the pressure that the kind of all the center mids puts on the the wing backs to defend and ultimately, especially in counter attacks, people like Tyrone Mings to defend. I just don't think that's particularly sustainable or just good for the quality that they have at the minute. And so, I'm expecting change soon with Kamara, and who I'm not expecting change with is Fafana once he gets a run of games. And so if I can free up enough money to do that transfer, I will. Because I, I can't describe how much more points I think Fafana will get than Kamara. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of points. And then, yeah, Jao Paulinho with nine points in the double game week, which is exactly what I want from his little Portuguese head. I love him. I love him. He's the best guy. He's got nine points two game weeks in a row because he's the best guy. He's so nice. He's so kind to all of us. We all own him and we all love him. Nothing else to say. Mo Salah.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Mo Salah. I'm gonna take a sip of tea and think about what, what do I feel about Mo Salah at the minute? So I'm thinking out loud here. And I think this is definitely a perspective that is shaped by recent logic. But does anyone else think Salah looks like Son? Like, I know Salah has a higher expected XG, but he's also playing in teams that are are, are creating
0: nine goals in a match for example and if if you think like I might if you think that there's another Liverpool player who is cheaper and likely to put away more of those chances would they not be the pick instead
1: of Salah? That's what I'm thinking if if Son is looking a bit flat footed
0: a bit uninspired and a Tottenham team that albeit is creating less chances than a Liverpool team, but just hear me out for the comparison's sake.
1: If Salah is the son, who who won't be scoring the goals just out of form and the fact that Richarlison is going to take his spot, who would be the cane? Enter... Darwin Nunez. no, yeah, he no one's gonna walk through that door. but what do you think? We'll get into it when I get to my transfer strategy, but I have I have a
0: a notion, a think, a a, a feeling in my gut, a sense that Salah's finished <laughs> I, have, I have I have a sense that Salah's finished I used my wild card in FBL just to take out Salah and put in Madison, Zaha Kane, Haaland and Jesus and then I had to go back and fix all that because Madison was injured and then ended up with Salah again right, but that doesn't mean that it's not been something that's been in my subliminal my subliminal mind for weeks now Along, along with
1: my speech impairment, so yeah. You guys, let me know what you think, right? But what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Because I just, mm,
0: just don't know. I think it's very interesting. I think it's very interesting. If you, if, if, if this season's Holland, I don't know why I'm doing all these comparisons, but if this season's Haaland, or last season's
1: Haaland was Salah, then Salah isn't still Salah. Do you know what I mean? Kane looks good. Kane looks sharp. Taking the pens and such. You know who doesn't look sharp? I didn't even have to say it there. You
0: guys knew what I was thinking. So yeah, that's, those are my thoughts on Salah. My thoughts on Gabriel Jesus is, for the money, He stays. 9.5 million, can't argue with it. He'll be 11 million next season. He's going to tick along as,
1: oh, this is a good point. This is a good point. Metrovich, Nunez. Tony has good fixtures at the moment.
0: Haaland, scoring all the goals. Kane. You can only have three, three strikers. There's a lot of good ones. There is an argument. There is an argument that Mitrovic is making for himself that he is a phenomenal differential at every rank.
1: He's so much cheaper than the other options. And... Well, let's just work it out together, right? You have to have Haaland. Kane is having a
0: good season, and Haaland is... Halland's expected data, and he always outperforms his expected data, expects him to have scored already double the amount of goals that Kane has, and doubles a lot. And so I think Halland is Must Own, right? So you've got Halland as Must Own, right? And then, do you want Kane as well? I think no. And I think a lot of people will end up with a thremium because of fear of missing out. But I just think what it would do for your midfield and what it would do for your defense to have both of them, especially if you still want to have Salah, you're 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 having a nightmare. You're having a nightmare. And so I don't recommend threemium. I recommend dust mium. Two Two I, I I re two. Two premiums and um and um have them be Halland. Halland's the best guy in the game, right? We have learned, if we learned anything from that poll, Halland's the best guy in the game. He's must-captain every time he plays, Halland's the bestie. The bestie for the mesti, right? If you're
1: get if you've got Halland, Kane and Salah, the one you should get rid of. Sour. So let's put Kane in. Kane's in, and then who's scoring more goals this season, Jesus or Nunez? Jesus is more nailed. Depends on your team structure. Jesus, Jesus is more nailed. Jesus is
0: more nailed. Uh, I want to say Nunes, but I think I'll say Jesus. So go Kane, Haaland, Jesus, and then if you own Salah, make sure to bin him quickly. That's my logic at the time. That's my logic right now. Those are the best three strikers to own. But alternatively, I quite like a Haaland, Nunes, Jesus. For the money, for the money, I think that's equally as good, if not better, because of the money that you can put into your defence. I think that's possibly better than the Kane-Halland-Jesus. And then, there's an argument to be made that it's as good as that, is the
1: Mitrovic-Halland-Jesus. Mitrovic looks like some kind of like, Greek Olympian. He looks... It just looks fucking... It, it, It looks phenomenal. It looks
0: phenomenal. It looks sharp. It looks trim. It looks aggressive. It looks like he's willing to do all the dirty work and put the goals away as well. He's on penalties. He's nailed. He's not playing European football, and so he's way, way less likely than everyone else I've mentioned to get rotated. He looks fitter than everyone else as well. And so I think a Mitrovic over Nunez, considering that you save, what, like 3 million? As there's just like such a great argument to be made there. And then you cover Salah by having, let's say you go double Liverpool defence. That being said, you can have Salah if you want. If up front you've got, I mean, someone who got seven points, nothing. So, yeah, that's where I do not want to get into tra- transfer strategy right away. But those are my thoughts on my front line at the moment. And then to quickly finish up by touching on Kane, he got me 27 points in the double game week. He almost set up Son for a goal, but then that B word of a defender, <laughs> that B word of a defender took it off Son's laces and laid it into his own net.
1: I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. That being said, Kane has had far from a terrible season. He's just never going to get the service that Halland's going to get. And. Halland looks like a monster
0: sent out of a kind of dream realm to specifically torment me. And. Um, he's certainly doing that, so yeah, I'd go, Kay- I'd go Haaland over Kane, I'd go Kane over Salah, and then I would, I am and would massively consider going Mitrovic, Haaland, Jesus up front because I think of all of these kind of enabler people who are on red hot form at the moment. If we're talking about our Pascal Grosses, if we're talking about our Wilfred Zaha is who I love. I think if you're getting rid of Salah and you're looking for like a cheap enabler to bring in, not even like a cheap enabler, but like just like a mid-priced person so that you can invest more money in your defense, like I'm looking to at the moment because I don't own Van Dijk and own Salah. I would love to turn Dyer into Van Dijk and Salah into Zaha. I would love that. And well, sorry. Yeah, Salah into Zaha. I would love that and the only, I know I'm getting particularly creative because my my rank couldn't possibly be more out of the question but of course as this series is all about I am still going to win the game <laughs> so remember to copy everything that I do and follow me on Twitter to get the inside scoop on exactly what you should do with your team but yeah uh that that is my uh lineup we are let me check how many points I've got for the game week. 123 points for the double game week. So averaging out at a 60-something that is formidable, tedious and upset.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, and now I'll be back in a minute, back in the middle of your screen for our transfer strategy for the week. I'm going to go P before that that comes on. But I'll, I'll wait it out. Hello, welcome back to the transfer strategy section. Um... I am trying to work out how to structure this feedback. I'm We're going to go game week by game week. I'm going to bring the game weeks up on my phone. I'm going to put up little photoshopped images of the players when I'm speaking about them, because some of you might be visual learners and you'll need to take it in that way. So to start with the earliest possible transfer that I could make, right? And I have been deliberating this all early afternoon. I guess... Let's talk about my philosophy quickly first. I mentioned a few weeks ago, what is the worth of a transfer this season? Depends who you're bringing in. And so I had a saying last season where I won the mini league, right? I won the mini league, finished around 2K, which is not an amazing finish, right? But I did beat my friends. And so if that's what you guys want to do, listen to this. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, it's probably in Tennessee that goes, fool me once, no, this. <laughs> the saying was, a good transfer is a good transfer, if it's a
1: good transfer, or it's a bad transfer. Do you know what I'm saying? No, me neither. Basically,
0: if I'm going to get sig- what I view as a significant amount of more points for having done a transfer, if I see a significant upside there, if I think it is likely, if, if if everything in my gut, the XG, the eyes, if it's all telling me that this could be shooting me through the stonks, I'll do it. If it's speculative, speculative, if it's a player I don't think is very good, if it's a player I only want for one game week, if it's a player I don't want long-term, so on, so on, and so forth, I'm not going to do it. This was last season. I also think transfers aren't worth as much this season. I also think I will need transfers in the second half of the season for injuries, and because the rotation will be so much, because virtually everyone will be exhausted. And so my goal is to not use more than 20 in the first half of the season. However, I am performing very poorly at the moment, And I consider myself as quite far from the template right now. And so I do want to use some transfers to get closer to the template or to get what I
1: see as like high upside differentials. Like, I don't want to, Madison. Okay, so that I've said it, right? He's not that big a differential, right? And if
0: he's playing tonight, I know a lot of people will bring him in. But well, a lot of people have brought them in around the 40k mark? That is what I want you to think about. I think Son to Madison and then keeping Madison is a great way for me to free up cash. Madison isn't playing in European competitions, to my knowledge. I don't think they are. They finished like 65th last season. And so I think it's worth it. I think Madison's expected minutes are pretty good. I am risking it with the injury. If he's not playing, I'll do something else, and I'll talk about that in the big topics of uh, blah, 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 the big topics later on. But as early as game week four, which is tonight,
1: I'll bring Son out from Madison if he's playing because. I do need to. I do need to. It's one transfer,
0: and there's a lot of potential upside. For, like tonight, he's playing Man U, If he doesn't ace it, fair enough. But then he's got Brighton. Don't know why I said that. That's a terrible fixture. And then he's got Villa. Great fixture. Villa at home. Get them hammered. Then he's got Tottenham. Terrible fixture. <laughs> Then he's got Game Week 9. A captaincy day against Nottingham Forest. So bring him in. I want him now. I want him then. It's the upsides are astounding. And so I think that's a good transfer. I think the transfer that everyone else is also doing, I'm gonna do it. Too. That's this week's um Lord Pod guarantee. And then my next transfer is in game week five. So tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, I'm going to make, this is assuming I've got, this is assuming Madison starts, right? Tomorrow, I'm going to uh, take Kukuri out for Nunez. Because I'll, I'll be able to see the lineups, and so I don't have to do it if Nunez isn't in them. But if Nunez is in them, I can do that, right? And I think that has a huge upside. I think Nunez will outperform Salah. I think he'll outperform Diaz. I think he'll get your look cards, and I think he'll get shots, tears, and I think he'll score goals. I think Salah will be all grumpy. I think, you know, he's washed. And so we should all go for Nunez. Hop on the bandwagon. I told you all to go for Doherty. That didn't work out. I told you all to go for Cucurella. That didn't work out. I'm now telling you all to go for Nunez. Surely this one works out. Yeah, stick, stick, stick with us. Stick with us. So yeah, that's that's our next one. And then we move on to game week six. You can also possibly, Captain, uh, uh, Madison against Brighton, if you don't like the look of Jesus versus Manu, i I'll be captain Jesus, but it's just so you know. Then into game week
1: six, the Nottingham Forest-Leeds fixture. I know what you're thinking. Oh, cow. You don't have a captain. Shush. Ramsdale out. He's injured,
0: I don't know what you're thinking. I'll get to that later, big topics. This is assuming he's still fit and alive at that point. I'm going to take Ramsdale out in game week six on Monday the 12th of September, a great day, a mere one day before my mother's birthday. Feel free to wish her a happy birthday in the comments. We're going to take Ramsdale
1: out for Henderson so I can captain him that day. Henderson the next day,
0: is playing well not the next day the following friday henderson's playing fulham so i'm going to keep him for that then aston villa are playing southampton and then all the other teams are playing so there's a hop on point for virtually everyone at
1: which point i will be doing kamara to Fafana. mid-maxing my team as i say optimizing my
0: enablers for fana and at this point he'll be a, he'll be a settled part of the group and he will even if he only starts one in every two games he'll significantly outperform kamara for the season and so i'm happy with that optimizing transfer and if kamara isn't playing i'll sorry if fana isn't playing i'll bring in Shar uh as my backup or strook because I wanted to bring in Trippier, but he's a bit, a bit pricey even for me. And so I can't really afford it within this, the memes of this setup, the annals of this setup, the loins of this setup. I can't afford to bring in Trippier for Kamara. It's too big a jump. So yeah, Fafana. And then as a backup, if Fafana isn't playing or is benched or is shot or is injured, I'll bring in Shard or Struik instead. Because I talked about Strook. And then we talk in the comments about how, you know, he's a left back. That's not that optimal. You know, he could get replaced by someone else. And all of this is true, right? But he did get double bonus once. And so let's not overlook that. He got double bonus once. And so he could easily be
1: the stealer of the summer. Next is also happening on game week. six
0: back to before the week where I do that. Game week six. I know this is a bit confusing. I'm just an idiot. Game week six when Man City play Tottenham I will move Kane to Haaland possibly is what I've written here. Or I'll wait until game week nine. Or I'll do it in game week eight. But that is the point where I'm thinking about it. Game week six is the earliest point that I'll be bringing in Haaland because I don't think he's going to play in game week five. And so I'm just going to keep Kane for another week and then make a decision. I hope that makes sense to you all. And then the only thing I've got written down here is that in an emergency, if I decide Salah's crap, at any given point, I will do Zaha for Salah and Van Dijk in for Dier. At some point, that's like far down the road. That's like a eventuality that's like if i if i if if i'm feeling gluttonous if if i've got transfers you know just laying around if no one's injured and i'm just considering making a swap that would that's me optimizing that's kind of the the best possible or like the best possible scenario like 10 weeks from now i'll have zahan van Dyken, something like that so yeah just keep an eye out for that and then i've got a huge or written down And then this, I've got a more conservative option where I skip the single game day tonight that's already happened when you're viewing this, but, you know, just sympathize with me through the screen and in the past. And I do Son and Kukurea to
1: Haaland and Fafana in game week six. Is that game week six I'm doing that? Something like that. And then I'll do Ramsdale to Henderson in game week six as well.
0: And so that's only three transfers opposed to the five I just said before. And I'll have Kane and Haaland and some money to play with. So that's like my conservative version. But you know how I feel about conservatives. (laughs) So yeah, those are my transfer strategies. Get in the comment and let me know if you like the five transfer version or the three transfer version more. I understand that the three fans for version sounds like a lot more intelligent, but in the like absolutely like factually terrible position I'm in, why not just use five? <laughs> so, you know, feel free to comment down below what you <laughs> what you think, what your experience is so far. And um let's let's go ahead and move into the topic slash questions of the week. So my first topic slash question that I've literally written to myself based on conversations in the Twitter sphere is if Madison doesn't start tonight, but I still want to bring in Nunez on Saturday, Watch the plan? If I still want to bring in Nunez, uh, I'll just do a straight swap with Son and then work things out from there. Probably taking Kane out for Haaland in game week six and doing a Kuka relative of that, I think. That is probably what I'll do. If Ramsdale misses a week, do I transfer him out? Probably not. I'm told that although he's going to get checked for the injury, he did play the entire rest of the match through it. And I saw a random tweet where someone said that he was only pretending to be injured so Gabriel could fix his studs. And although that's almost definitely not true, it's important to have hope. So, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna transfer him out until the opportunity to kind of do the two for one comes around because I think the points will probably work out the same either way. Because I don't see what are the what are the two well it's only I would I would only miss one Henderson fixture, right? If I don't bring it forward. And that's against Bournemouth. So I probably do miss a clean sheet. So that does give me more to think about. But I don't want to bring transfers forward, and so I won't be. Yes. When will I bring Halland in? Probably game week six. Game week six, I'll bring Halland in. So I'll swap Kane, or I'll have Kane playing City, or I'll and Halland playing Tottenham, or something like that. I know I'm tempting fate, but I tempted fate yesterday, I, or or I've refused to tempt fate yesterday, and it cost me literally like forty thousand. Ranks overall, and so I probably won't be betting against Haaland like ever again in my life. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's fair. I also think I'm not the only one who thinks Dyer will probably struggle to mark Haaland,
1: and I also think Haaland will definitely play in that match. Next, what is the three best? What is the best three striker lineup? So I think I've already gone through this. It's it, it's either
0: Nunez Halland Jesus or Mitrovic Halland Jesus. Or in a weird eventuality, Kane Halland Jesus. But I think it will end up not being that because that costs too much. And Sky FF is a game where the best defenses generally win. And I think as long as you've got a good defense. And Haaland, I think that's 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 going to end up being the meta to me is having the excellent, most template, best, optimal passing defense of like five centre backs, and also owning Haaland. That to me is the the way forward. So yeah, I, I would I would um keep that in mind. Uh, what do you think of going without Salah? I think I've spoke about this already. Um I think it's a good idea. I I the reason why I haven't gone without Salah so far is because I think the natural replacement or the natural pick is Nunes and Van Dyke. I think the two uh, Liverpool picks are, are Nunes and Van Dyke, and uh Van Dyke looks great, but the defense doesn't look amazing, and so I'm not rushing onto it and uh, Nunez obviously got that red card, and so I wasn't rushing onto him either. And so that's why I would just, like, kind of take your time with it. Also, I- I'm not a huge... I don't know if any of you are, but I'm not a huge, like, believer in... Uh, I was going to say Madison, but Diaz, I'm not sure he's, like, the direct player that, that Manny was. I don't think they're the same kind of player. And although... Diaz does constantly amaze me with the stuff he's able to do. I do feel like he's more of a mid. I don't know if he's more of a midfielder than a forward, but he's he is more of a winger than a striker. He's not the same as Manny. Manny was a like a forwards forward playing out wide, and and Salah's kind of fundamentally meant to be the same way, but they're both supposed to kind of get out the way of Nunez a bit. And so I just think that, yeah, I I would just go, I wouldn't, I'm not really trying to not own Salah to own Diaz. I don't see, I personally, even though he has so far, I don't view that as something they can cover. Whereas I think Nunez can cover it in Excel. Um, What do I think about Dyer and Cancelo to Walker and Van Dyke? This is just something I was talking about in terms of like having that, like most passes tier defense, most optimal, so on and so forth. That happens every season where everyone's waiting to see like well Matip play every game, will Walker play every game, will Laporte start playing every game? And stuff like that. And I think we all ended up or we all ended up in Laporte at the end of last season. But I think being early on Walker, if he is going to play every match, and I don't know if he will. I don't know if he is nailed. I don't think he is as nailed as Cancelo. But the games he will play, he plays enough to get his passes tiers. And so that's probably enough encouragement as is. Obvious, Cancelo did score a worldie last week. But I would rather have Van Dyke than Cancelo. Again, just because uh, I mentioned it when we were looking at my team. But when Van Dyke plays, he finishes the game. And I think what you're seeing now will become a pattern where Cancelo is going to get hooked before he gets passes tiers. So, is he worth £11 million if he's not getting the passes tiers? I don't know, but I know that because of Van Dijk's direct goal threat as well from corners, he's probably worth the 11.7. Uh, million. I've also got an interesting thing written here because Isaac versus Nunes. They're similar kinds of player. They're both very good on Football Manager because it's very overpowered in Football Manager. Big, fast people, and obviously Isaac had like a stellar debut. His both of his finishes were incredible. He dis, he just dis displayed a lot of poise playing in Anfield for the first time, which is remarkable
1: because Anfield's just I don't know Anfield. <laughs> yeah, he's young and.
0: FPL Focal said he's a form player, and so if he picks up form, we'll want to jump on him quickly. I suppose the benefit with that with SkyFF over FPL was that if he does pick up form, it's not like his price is going to go up, and so we can kind of hop on whenever we want. But considering you only have three attacking spots, I'm not sure I want to use one of them on Isaac. But I don't know if that's ironic because... If I'm willing to use one of them in Mitrovic, why am I not willing to use one in Isaac? Does that make sense? I think it does. So yeah, I think Isaac for me is one to watch. They've also got the best fixtures in the next five games. And so he's probably worth a punt if you're in a slightly less dire situation than I am. I think the other reason why I specifically want to highlight that Isaac versus Nunes is because I don't know why subconsciously I just feel more confident and uh, Nunez to to pack them in than than Isaac, I think it's because I feel Liverpool are going to create more chances for Nunez. I think Nunez could has a chance to be to, to outscore everyone, and I don't think Isaac is quite on that scale of kind of quality. But Isaac's also cheaper, and so I, I would encourage anyone to kind of make their own decision there. And then, if I was to get rid of Salah, what would be my plan? And this is immediate. So if I was getting rid of Salah right now, uh, I've written here as my immediate answer. I would I would do Madison Nunez and Van Dyke and for Salah, Kukurea and so. on. Right now, if I was getting rid of Salah, I would do Madison Nunez and Van Dyke and for Salah, Kukurea and so. On. Yeah. So that is the end of my questions for the week. I have everyone's XG looked up, and I completely forgot to mention any of that. And so if you'd like to hear more tactical depth, feel free to go to any of the podcasts linked in the description as I'm sure they'll give you a better in-depth view and probably have made better decisions this game week. But yeah, tough game week for the Nine Inch Males. Uh
1: I'll see you guys uh, Monday, hopefully after a slightly better one. Cheers.